your Locked on the New York Rangers, your daily podcast on the New York Rangers. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, Blue Shirts fans, to episode number 296 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I'm your host, John Chick. Today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON and you will get 20% off of your next order. And we are taking this episode in an entirely different direction than I thought we were going to take it as recently as, say, half an hour ago. And that is because news has broke this morning, some very serious allegations against Artemi Panarin, and he's going to be taking a leave of absence from the Rangers. Uh, Larry Brooks was the one to break this news. He's calling an article that was written about Artemi Panarin in Russia. Brooks is referring to it as a political hit piece. It alleges that Panarin beat up an 18-year-old girl in Russia in 2011. Uh, This report or this political hit piece, whatever it is, again, it comes from Russia. There's a ton to unpack here, and information is still kind of flowing in even as I'm recording this. I get the feeling that we're probably not going to know the whole story uh, by the end of today and certainly not by the end of this episode. But first of all, uh, a little bit of background here. So Artemi Panarin has been openly critical for at least the last couple of years of Vladimir Putin. And if this article that has these allegations against Panarin is indeed a political hit piece, as Larry Brooks called it, then Panarin's criticism of Putin certainly might have had something to do with it. Uh, I do want to say right from the start here, though, before we get too much further, uh, let me just say, no matter what the circumstances are, whatever, however much suspicion there might be uh, regarding the allegations, they are still very serious allegations nonetheless, and they do need to be taken seriously. Now, Artemi Panarin, we all watch the Rangers. We all love what he brings to the ice. I I don't think there are too many uh, Ranger fans who don't like uh, Artemi Panarin's game. There's nothing about Artemi Panarin's personality or his demeanor that would suggest that he's capable of something like this. But at the same time, you know, I don't personally know Artemi Panarin. I've never met him. Uh, That's probably true of the vast majority of people listening to this. So even though it certainly seems likely that this is a political hit piece, it's still allegations that need to at least be heard out and need to be taken seriously. I should also point out, however, that unless I'm missing something here, and again, information's coming in right and left, it's hard to keep up with everything that's coming out. And, you know, by the end of this episode, there might be a couple more updates that we add to this recording. But as of now, the person doing the accusing here is not the woman that was 18 years old at the time uh, that this supposedly happened. The person doing the accusation is Artemi Panarin's old hockey coach, Andre Nazarov, who is a coach in the KHL right now and uh, coached Artemi Panarin in the past. He's the one making these accusations here, uh, not the woman herself. He played in the NHL with the Sharks, Lightning, Flames, Bruins, Coyotes, and Wild. And, of course, now, as we said, he's now a coach in the KHL. And, again, just to give as much context as possible, in the past, Nazarov has criticized Panarin for his uh, beliefs against Vladimir Putin. Uh, Nazarov is a Putin supporter. Artemi Panarin is not. I think it also needs to be stated that if Nazarov knew about this for 10 years and didn't say anything, if, if this actually did happen, which seems questionable at best, but if Nazarov knew about this and sat on this information for 10 years, then obviously he's clearly in the wrong here as well. And again, I, I think it really needs to be emphasized that he's the one making these accusations and not the woman herself. At least I have not seen anything as of yet uh, that implies that the woman has come out against Artemi Panarin and made these accusations. 
And Artemi Panarin will be taking a leave of absence from the Rangers. We'll discuss the hockey ramifications here. Maybe a little bit later in this episode, we'll touch on it at least briefly, or we'll save it for a future episode. I think it pretty much goes without saying for any Ranger fan or really any hockey fan that Panarin is obviously a critical player on this team, to say the very least. But, you know, it's something that I mentioned uh, not too long ago when we found out that Henrik Lundqvist was going to need open-heart surgery. There's certain things you go on Twitter you don't expect to see popping up on your feed, and certainly allegations like this against Artemi Panarin would absolutely qualify here. And again, let me just emphasize that these allegations, even though they are coming under uh, somewhat suspect circumstances, they still need to be taken seriously. I have seen some chatter on social media, and this is not everyone, but there's at least been a few people that have been saying things like, oh, come on, you know, it was 10 years ago, let it go. All right, those people need to get their heads checked because even if you are of the opinion that this report, these allegations against Panarin, it's a complete political hit piece and that these accusations are complete BS and that Panarin would never do something like this, even if you believe all of those things, the argument that too much time has passed for this to actually matter is complete nonsense. Anyone being accused that they hit a woman or that they beat up a woman, which is obviously even worse. Uh, allegations like that need to be taken seriously, whether they happened last night, last month, last year, 10 years ago, 20 years ago, whatever it might be. This is not a case of somebody uh, getting a speeding ticket or somebody stealing a 50-cent pack of bubblegum. These are very serious accusations. Yes, the timing of it is very suspect. Yes, I think a lot of us right now are having a hard time believing that Artemi Panarin would ever be capable of something like that. And again, you know, he speaks out against Vladimir Putin last month, and then a month later, uh, something that supposedly happened 10 years ago all of a sudden comes back to light. Uh, it is very suspect timing, but it is still something that needs to be looked into. And again, there is certainly a lot of evidence that would suggest that this is a political hit piece and it's retribution against Artemi Panarin for repeatedly speaking out against Vladimir Putin. Uh, Panarin, like I was alluding to uh, just last month, he made an Instagram post on January 21st in support of Alexei Navalny with the caption, Freedom for Navalny. Uh, Navalny is apparently a political opponent of Putin. We're not going to get too far into that. And again, the timing of these accusations really makes you raise your eyebrows. Uh, there's a chance, maybe even a good chance, I don't know, that this is all a complete fabrication. And to use that term again, a political hit piece against Artemi Panarin. Again, he speaks out in support of Putin's political rival last month, and then only a month later, uh, something that Panarin supposedly did a decade to go suddenly resurfaces. And whether there's any legitimacy to these allegations or not, fair game to say that the timing is at least somewhat suspect. It should also be noted that Panarin has family in Russia. I know his grandparents live there, so a couple other family members as well. He may be fearing for their safety. Uh, he might even be fearing for their lives. I, I don't know. I can't speak for Artemi Panarin. And with allegations like this coming out against Artemi Panarin, it sounds like he might just be of the belief that there are things right now that are just more important than hockey, and that might be his reason for taking a leave of absence from the Rangers. Uh, this is obviously a, a story that's still developing. Like I said, there's a very good chance we're going to have an update on this before this episode is over. I do want to get into a little bit of other news surrounding the Rangers. You know, Philip Hedl has come off the COVID list. Uh, the Rangers have obviously won two games in a row two road wins against very difficult opponents. And we're going to talk about that in just a second, and we will continue to track this Artemi Panarin situation as well. We're covering everything you need to know about the Rangers, but what about the rest of sports? Now, the Locked On Podcast Network has you covered there as well with Locked On Today. It's hosted by the great Peter Bukowski, and it's all the sports news you need every morning in under 20 minutes. Subscribe to the Locked On Today podcast wherever you get your podcasts. The Rangers have indeed released a statement regarding this Artemi Panarin situation. This is what they had to say. This went up on Twitter uh, just a couple of minutes ago, actually. Statement from the New York Rangers. Artemi, 
vehemently and unequivocally denies any and all allegations in this fabricated story. This is clearly an intimidation tactic being used against him for being outspoken on recent political events. Artemi is obviously shaken and concerned and will take some time away from the team. The Rangers fully support Artemi and will work with him to identify the source of these unfounded allegations. And yeah, I mean, I, I think this is a pretty good statement released from the Rangers. It's a tricky topic to handle right now, and it's tricky for me, and it's tricky for a lot of people covering this whole situation because these are very serious allegations. Uh, I don't know that you want to completely just brush them off as complete BS, and there's no chance that this could possibly be true. It seems unlikely that this is true. These allegations are against Artemi Panarin. However, I don't think... I, I think you want to stop short of saying they are 100% BS. There is absolutely no chance whatsoever that this could possibly be true. Again, it doesn't seem very likely to me, and there does seem to be a lot of evidence that, like this Ranger statement suggests, that it is being used as an intimidation tactic. It is retribution for Artemi Panarin speaking out against Putin. But again, when you're dealing with something thing such as you know violence against women when you're dealing with something that serious I still think you need to tread a little bit lightly and again I if you ask me straight up if you want me to be 100% real do I think that this story is made up against Artemi Panarin yes or no I would say yes but again I don't know that we want to go 100% all in and say this is complete BS and completely made up it's really really a tricky situation because these are such serious allegations. But if these are in fact made up, there need to be some repercussions for the people who made up this story. Now that might not actually happen, but put yourself in Artemi Panarin's shoes if all you did was, you know, share your opinion on social media and you end up having allegations like this that aren't true if they indeed are not true being made against you. And you just wake up and all of a sudden there's a report that you 10 years ago uh, beat up an 18-year-old woman. I mean, that's just beyond messed up. I, I think that goes without saying. Um, and it would take a long time to recover from that, I would think, even if it's not true, which, again, I, I think if you ask most people straight up, is this report or this uh, political hit piece, is there any truth to it? I think most people would say no. But even if you're Artemi Panarin and this indeed is false, it's still going to mess with you a little bit. How could it not? Imagine being accused of doing something this heinous and there's no truth to it whatsoever. And on top of that, you know, you're famous. Everybody's going to be hearing about this. So, yeah, it, it's just a complete mess of a situation right now. And um, you just hope that the truth comes out. You know, if there's any truth to this and, and Artemi Panarin actually did this, then there have to be repercussions there. But I think most people would probably believe, at least as of right now, especially given the fact that these accusations are coming from Panarin's old coach, who apparently uh, clashed with Panarin regarding political beliefs. They're coming from his old coach and not the woman herself. I think it seems at least somewhat likely that, yeah, this is what the Rangers called it and that it's a fabricated story and that, you know, as Larry Brooks called it, it is a hit piece again. It's impossible to say 100% one way or the other right now, but I'm sure more information will come out about this entire situation as we uh, kind of move forward here over the next few days, the next few weeks, the next few months. I mean, who knows how long Artemi Panarin's going to be out. And again, you know, we can talk a little bit about how his absence is going to affect the Rangers. Spoiler alert, it's not going to help them. But yeah, I mean, what an absolute mess of a situation right now. And like I said, we'll get back to the Panarin stuff a little bit at the end of the episode. I get the feeling by then, and you know, if not by then, then certainly by the time I'm editing the episode, there's probably going to be more information regarding this entire situation. Like I said, info just coming in left and right right now. It's kind of hard to keep up with everything. But like I said, we'll update you guys as updates become available. And some other information as it pertains to the Rangers, the Knicks tomorrow night, uh, Tuesday night, will have fans at home in Madison Square Garden against the Warriors. There was an announcement a couple of weeks ago that beginning around this time, the 
Arenas in New York will be permitted to have fans in attendance up to 10% capacity, and so uh, that'll definitely be interesting. I'll probably tune in and catch at least a little bit of the Knicks game tomorrow night, see how it looks with fans, and then the Rangers will have fans in attendance, again, up to 10% Friday against the Boston Bruins. So that's going to be very interesting to see. Probably a good thing to do it this way, you know, try it with up to 10% and see how it goes, and, uh, you know, hopefully uh, in due time, COVID eventually becomes a thing of the past, and I don't know. I mean, I, I have no idea what the timetable is, but at a certain point, we can have fans back in the arenas, packing these places to the rafters, and uh, just getting back to normal. But I'm definitely looking forward to seeing how it looks, having a 10% capacity at Madison Square Garden for the Rangers home game against the Bruins. Just wanted to take a minute to let you guys know that today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by Built Bar. It is the best tasting protein and energy bar that I have ever had. It's kind of hard to explain. You just have to experience it for yourself. It's got real chocolate, amazing flavors, and unlike a lot of other protein bars, energy bars, you don't need a gallon of water to get rid of that weird, funky aftertaste that sometimes comes with the other bars. It's just good, and it actually kind of tastes quite a bit like a candy bar. It has an amazing combination of low calories, high protein, and low sugar. There are no crazy additives, and if you compare it to the most popular men's bar, Cliff, it is half the calories, seven times fewer carbs, seven times fewer sugar grams, and more protein. How can it be that good and taste that good? I don't know. You just got to try it for yourself. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON to get $10 off of your first box at BuiltBar.com. Once again, use promo code LOCKEDON and get $10 off your first box at www.BuiltBar.com. Today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by BetOnline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing. BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. BetOnline offers real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it is free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. Once again, BetOnline.ag. Get the upper hand in your fantasy league with daily fantasy hockey advice from Locked On Fantasy Hockey. Fantasy hockey expert Scott Cullen gives you the tips, insights, and analysis for season-long dynasty and DFS leagues, breaking down all the stats and information to keep you ahead of the competition. Subscribe to the Locked On Fantasy Hockey podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, some other encouraging news here is that Philip Hedel has been removed from the NHL's COVID list. He had been on the COVID list since February 11th, so close to two weeks. Uh, this is obviously great news. Uh, good to hear that Hedel is all right, or at least it sounds like he is doing well as it pertains to COVID. Of course, he's still not all that close to coming back because he's still dealing with an upper body injury. This COVID-related absence happened right in the middle of his four- to six-week timetable that he was given uh, regarding the upper body injury. So... Again, it's great that he's doing better. It's great that he's off the COVID list. You don't want anyone to be on the COVID list for any reason, whether they have it themselves, whether they came in contact with somebody who might have it, whatever it might be. Uh, but again, Filipino sustained the upper body injury back on January 24th against the Penguins, and he was given a four- to six-week timetable at that time. In five games this season, Filipino has two goals and an assist, and he routinely looked dangerous. He was looking like the Rangers' best center early in the season. They have definitely missed him uh, in the games that have followed. So we are getting close to the initial timetable for 
Philip Heedle. He was given four to six weeks. We are getting close to the four-week mark. Hopefully, he can come back at the front end of that timetable rather than the back end of it. The Rangers could really use Philip Heedle, especially now that they're going to be without Artemi Panarin. And I realize they play different positions, but that doesn't matter. When you lose somebody of uh, Artemi Panarin's ability, his obviously incredible talent, you need all the help you can get. And I think Philip Hedl coming back uh, would give the Rangers a little shot in the arm there. So, again, hopefully it happens sooner rather than later. And uh, obviously, great, great news that he's no longer on the COVID list. Also, since we last talked, the Rangers actually picked up their second consecutive win. They defeat the Capitals 4-1 to in D.C. on Saturday. I'm not going to go period by period or anything like that. I mean, it's kind of... Uh I don't want to say old news, but in a way it kind of is. The news cycle moves fast, and obviously we've been dealing with all this Artemi Panarin stuff today. Uh, but I do want to talk about at least a couple of highlights from the game. First of all, one of the more complete Ranger wins of the season, I thought. They just did a great job. They were very opportunistic. It's not like they were uh, constantly peppering Vanacek or anything like that. It's not like they had uh, scoring chances left and right the entire game, but they played a very defensively responsible game. Uh, very, very few scoring opportunities to speak of for this high-powered Washington Capitals offense. And you you know, the Rangers were up 3-0. They gave up a goal late in the second period. I believe there were 38 seconds remaining, and that cut the Ranger lead to 3-1. And Party is thinking like, well, you know, the Rangers have struggled in the third period this season. Is this going to be a, a, another, uh, you know, nail-biting finish? Are the Capitals going to get back into this game? They certainly had the firepower to do it. But on the other hand, I was feeling pretty good going into the third period, even though the Rangers gave up that late goal in the second, which obviously you don't want to see. You don't want to give up late goals. But I don't know. The way the Rangers were playing this game, I just had a feeling that uh, the Capitals weren't going to be able to do a whole lot else. And when you look at the third period, I don't think the Capitals really had a ton of scoring chances. The Capitals also went 0 for 4 on the power play. The Ranger penalty kill just continues to absolutely excel. They have now killed off 31 of the opposition's last 32 power play opportunities, and they have absolutely owned the Capitals this season because they killed off all four of the Capitals' power play opportunities in this game. They also killed off all four of the Capitals' power play chances in their previous meeting. Something else that I thought was really cool about this game is you've got who, who's been struggling the most for the Rangers in terms of scoring goals? I mean, Kreider and Zibanejad immediately come to mind. And then probably also you could throw Lafreniere in there as well. I mean, I realize he's very young. He's still kind of getting his feet under him, getting used to the speed of the NHL game, all that good stuff. But he's been struggling to put the puck in the net as well. And who scored for the Rangers? Uh, all three of those guys. And you know what? You could even throw Ryan Strom in there as well as the fourth. Guys who maybe have struggled the most to produce points this season relative to what you would expect to get out of those guys are the four guys who scored in this game. Chris Kreider opened the scoring of this game on the power play late in the first period. Ryan Strom dishes to Panarin. Panarin takes a shot. Kreider's in front of the net and buries the rebound. To me, this was the first like true Chris Kreider goal of the season, like, like a bona fide Chris Kreider-esque goal. I realize it's his fifth goal overall, and Chris Kreider certainly is capable of scoring goals in a multitude of different ways, but these are the ones that I like to see from Kreider. One of the biggest things Kreider can do for this team is establish a presence in front of the net. He's one of the guys that'll position himself in front of the net defenseman can't knock him out of there. He'll stream the goalie. He'll clean up the dirty goals. And that's exactly what he did here. Uh, the puck went right to him and he just buried it. Now Lafreniere received a great pass from Artemi Panarin. Lafreniere was in front of the net and Panarin kind of looked off the defenseman. He was looking at Mika Zibanejad and then instead he dishes in front to Lafreniere. Lafreniere pulls the puck to his backhand and puts it in. And then a big day for Ryan Strom as well. You know, we mentioned that he scored a goal, but not only that, the assist that he got on Kreider's goal was actually his 100th career point with the New York Rangers. And then the goal that he scored late in the second period here, he scores on a shot from the blue line. A couple different Rangers were screening the goalie, and this was his 100th career NHL goal. So Ryan Strom enjoys a couple of different milestones on this afternoon. 
Like we talked about, Dmitry Orlov, he got one back for the Capitals late in the second period. That made it 3-1. to one. But then to close the scoring with an empty net goal while the Rangers were shorthanded, Mika Zibanejad scores from the neutral zone. Now, there's a lot of people who might kind of scoff at this and say, oh, well, you know, it's a shorthanded goal. Who really cares? Oh, uh, you know, that's the only way Mika Zibanejad can score this way. Listen, as far as empty net goals are concerned, this was not an easy goal to score. Mika Zibanejad had just gained the red line, although I guess that's kind of irrelevant given that the Rangers were shorthanded and they couldn't be called for icing either way. But he had a capital all over him, and as he's releasing the puck, you know, dumping it into the capital zone and basically shooting for the empty net, Zibanejad took a heck of a hit on this and, and kind of got whacked, but the puck goes into the net, and that seals the win with uh, two minutes and 12 seconds remaining. Mika Zibanejad finally gets the monkey off his back, gets the goal here. Uh, you can see after the goal was scored, Buchnevich went over to him and kind of removed the monkey from his back, so to speak. Uh, so that was cool to see, uh, very cool to see Mika Zibanejad uh, convert a scoring opportunity here. And yeah, it was an empty netter, but this was not an easy tap-in Nobody's in front of me, empty net kind of goal. He took a hit here and uh, scored from pretty far away. So uh, great to see Mikis Zibanejad at long last finally lighting the lamp again and uh, stealing the Rangers' 4-1 victory here. It was also fantastic to see Ke'Andre Miller return to the lineup. Jack Johnson was the healthy scratch. I think that was kind of the common sense move to make. And, you know, I don't think Johnson was really that bad in his first game back against the Flyers. He did take kind of an unnecessary tripping penalty. Besides that, I thought he did fine. But, you know, you look at how the Ranger defensemen are playing. You're not going to touch Adam Fox. You're not going to touch Ryan Lindgren. Ke'Andre Miller's going to get his spot back when he's available. He got his spot back in this game. Brennan Smith played pretty well in the game against the Flyers. That was his first game back into the lineup. And Libra Hayek and Anthony Boteto have done just fine as the third defense pairing. So I think by process of elimination, Jack Johnson had to be the healthy scratch. And I would probably expect that to be the case going forward. We'll see how the Rangers look to line up in their next game on Wednesday against the Flyers in Philadelphia. This is also another strong performance for Igor Shesterkin. I don't think he was really tested in this game the way he's been tested in some other games. Like I said, the Rangers were very sound defensively, really limiting the scoring opportunities for what's obviously a high-powered Washington Capitals attack. But Igor Shesterkin makes 26 saves on 27 shots. Really, he probably could have had the shutout because the one goal that he let in, I think he probably would have liked that one back. It kind of got between his left pad and his glove. It just kind of snuck through him and, and got into the back of the net. But be that as it may, it's another strong performance for Igor Shesterkin and, uh, I think it's safe to say that he's kind of rounded into form after a bit of a shaky start in the beginning of the season there. Something else that's really stood out about the Rangers over this two-game winning streak here is that they are improving in the face-off circle. Now, this might only be temporary. We'll see what happens going forward. But the Rangers, you got to give credit where it's due because we've talked about uh, how much that had hurt them early in the season. They just can't seem to win a face-off, and they really can't seem to win a face-off in a critical spot. But they've been very good on the dot over these last two games. They win 55% of the draws against the Flyers and 57% against the Capitals. So obviously a step in the right direction there. And one other thing that I should also mention is that Capo Caco in this most recent game was out of the lineup. Uh, he was on the COVID protocol list and obviously all the best to Capo Caco. You certainly hope that he's okay. I didn't see any specifics as far as, you know, whether he might actually have COVID or whether he may have come in contact with somebody who might have COVID. Uh, the NHL, I think, mostly does its best and mostly does a pretty good job trying to protect player privacy or do so as much as they possibly can. Obviously, fingers crossed, first and foremost, that Capo Caco is okay. And secondly, that he can come back to the Rangers in relatively short order. A stat that I saw on Capo Caco, and you know, we've talked about how he's improved this year. Doesn't always show up in the score sheet, but he does seem like a more assertive, more aggressive player. And I really like this stat for Capo Caco. He has 13 takeaways this season, and he's only committed one giveaway. And that ranks among the best ratios in the league. I mean, it's right up there near the top. Uh, so that's obviously very cool to hear as well. And Capo Caco, we just hope that, again, he's doing fine 
And then also he can come back and play hockey for the Rangers, especially now that Artemi Panarin certainly seems like he's going to be out for a good amount of time here. All the more reason that you hope for Capo Caco to be able to get back into this lineup in short order and help the Rangers as much as possible. I don't see any significant updates regarding the Artemi Panarin situation. Again, this is something we will keep our eye on going forward. Uh, we'll see how it all shakes out. There's a long way to go here. I mean, today it was shocking for a lot of reasons, but I think it's also only the tip of the iceberg. We are just kind of scratching the surface as far as, uh, you know, all the information here regarding every single angle of this story. So again, we'll continue to track it going forward, but that will do it for today, guys. Once again, if you'd like to get in touch with this podcast, please send an email to LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Once again, that is LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Definitely give us a follow on Twitter as well, at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Once again, that is at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Thanks again, guys. I'll see you next time.